0: Good morning, a morning. (sighs) It's so good to be here. To be with Jesus. To spend our mornings together. It's the best place to be. Um, I wanted to start by letting you all know that When you're asked to do a message about a verse on coveting, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. That is a very vague, broad topic. I mean, it's everywhere. Comparisons, demands, wanting things our own way. That's like the culture, and it is really, really difficult to narrow that down when you are trying to um, sit in a world that's keeping up with the Joneses all the time. And so I sat back and I, I just took a breath. Like I have to do with Jesus often. And I was like, God, what do you want me to say to your church? What do you want me to say to your church? So, I gave it to him, and I know this was him. I know he is the one that started me here. Okay? Covet. What does that mean? What is that word? We're going to start here. For our little vocab lesson, I'm going to tell you what covet means, okay? It means to yearn to possess, a strong desire to lust after, an intense longing for, a jealous, greedy desire for something or someone that belongs to somebody else. You with me? Okay, that's your vocab lesson this morning. Those are big words, strong words. When you have words like yearn, intense, jealous, greedy, big, big words. So now we're going to dive into some scripture. So if you would join with me in Exodus 20, verse 17, it says, You shall not covet. We just learned what that meant, right? You shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So over the course of our new year so far, we have been spending time in these commandments, right? We have learned week after week what it means to understand and build healthy community In our own lives, in our homes, in our church, in our community. Building healthy relationships, building healthy community. And so I sat back and I looked at that and I was like, we can't fully know the whole of how to do that without looking at some words from Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to turn in Matthew 22, and I want to read um, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All of the law hangs on these two commandments. Everything, everything in our lives hinges on the condition of our heart, mind, and soul towards loving God, And loving people. Building healthy community cannot happen if we do not first love God and second love people. First, love God. Second, love people. Every single commandment can't be achieved without first leaning into those two things. Because when we say, don't covet, it's because we cannot, no matter how hard we try, love God and others well, if we're just jealous of what other people have. We cannot. They are in opposition to each other. Loving God. About wanting other people's stuff. They don't go together. I recently heard it this way that comparison is like a moving airport sidewalk that you wander onto, it whisks you 50 yards away before you even take a step. It's dangerous territory coveting. Before you know it, you're whisked away. And you never even took a step. You just had the thoughts, and it spiraled from there. That's scary, dangerous territory. And you didn't even notice it happening. Theodore Roosevelt worded it this way, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. So that means, if that's true, then comparison equally steals our contentment. Let's go back. Let's look at John. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, I'm going to say this again. The thief, the thief is Satan, our enemy, his demons. That is the thief. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, Jesus says this. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's start by calling the enemy our enemy, okay? The thief is Satan. And this scripture says, it says, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his only purpose. That is his only goal. That is his only job. He comes to steal, to kill, To destroy, let's call it what it is, the thief, the enemy, Satan, does that. Okay? And then it says, Jesus came so that we could have life. But not just any life. A life to the full. A life of abundance. Life abundantly. He came so that we could have life to the full. Very different from Satan, from the thief, from the enemy. Two opposing forces. They have two separate purposes. In longing and coveting for something or someone that we can't have, that just, that goes way beyond outward actions. That seeps into our very core, into our very being when we let our minds go there. Are you catching the red flags? Warning, warning, danger, danger. Red flag moment. Coveting and wanting things that you don't have Desiring for things that aren't yours seeps into everything and changes the way that we think. And in turn, that destroys, the enemy does that, that destroys our focus on the one who brings life to the full. We can't have both. We have to change direction. My son is five years old. And boy, is he a smarty pants and I learned stuff from him every single day. He just teaches me so much. And it was at the dinner table one night and we were talking and um, we were just talking about the direction Oh, just like people, like our community, our world, and the way people are going. And my son speaks up and he goes, Mommy, it's like this. It's like this. Sorry, I'm chuckling a little bit, remembering it. It's like this. God is going this way. And people are going this way. So all we have to do is turn around and come back to Jesus. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Mind-blowing moments. Wow, it is no wonder that we are called to have faith like a child, right? It's so simple. It's so simple. You see, we have to change directions. So what's the opposite of coveting and wanting things that we can't have? It's gratitude, thankfulness, being thankful for what we do have. Gratitude radically shifts our mindset. Being happy with what you have and all that God has blessed you with, it means something. Learning to live with gratitude even in these Seemingly small moments is so important because more often, those little small, seemingly insignificant moments are the ones that mean the most. They'll fill our days with meaning. It's not the mountaintop moments that run our lives. It's the seemingly small, little day-to-day. And so much of our time, And energy is spent pursuing things that we don't have. Gratitude, thankfulness, it reverses that. It changes direction and shifts our priorities from what we don't have to the appreciation and thankfulness for all the things that we do. And that's powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. So tell me what would it look like if we started worrying less about the things that we don't have and we started looking more at what we do have? What if in the grocery store, instead of looking at all of the shelves that don't have the items that we want, or the lines that are so long to get to the cash register? What if we stopped looking at that and all the stuff we can't find and we looked down into our basket and said, thank you, Jesus, that in no time at all I'm able to get these things. What would that look like if we stopped fretting about the weather and how we don't like it and we started focusing on the beauty of the seasons and the miraculous things that God does in each and every season that we get the opportunity to see. I tell you, our world would look very different. It would be a much brighter place if people started shifting their perspectives. Over the past decade or so, Um, There have been studies done to show that people who consciously and intentionally count their blessings tend to be happier. Um, Sorry, that's a little bit funny to me because it makes sense and it seems clear that if you count your blessings, you would be happier, right? But there've been actual studies done. In in one particular study, um, the Greater Good Science Center um, there were 300 adults who were seeking mental health counsel, and they took a group of these adults and did an experiment and asked them, in addition to their counseling, to spend time once a week writing a letter of gratitude, a letter of thankfulness to one person for three weeks. That's one letter a week for three weeks. And you didn't even have to send out the letter, okay? You just needed to write this letter, like actually physically take the time to write it. And so in that, what they found was that after those three weeks were over, there was significantly increased positive mental health for those people for 12 weeks after that experiment was over. From doing three letters over the course of three weeks, it had a 12-week positive significant impact on their mental health. That is amazing. Gratitude and thankfulness for what our Jesus has done are powerful. Gratitude unshackles us from toxic and negative thinking. There's other research that shows that um, those who regularly practice gratitude generally have better immune health They have lower blood pressure, increased optimism, increased empathy and compassion towards one another, increased generosity, all because they are actively thanking God for what they're receiving, what they have. We live in a dangerous world with a very real enemy that wants to derail us from that focus. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy any hope we have of a full life. A life of abundance with Jesus. We need transformation. Transformation. loosen these bindings? How do we let go of the things that we don't have? Starts by looking inside. And I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm not talking about everyone else. I'm talking about each one of us needs to recognize that we need to be grateful we have things to thank God for. We are promised an abundant life and it does not get better than that. It starts by loving God and loving people. Because we can't love God and people and at the same time be jealous of our neighbor. It doesn't And we can't love God and others, and at the same time be manipulative and demanding and pressuring of other people because it's not possible to do both. You see, God does not honor selfish motives because you cannot be truly loving, truly loving in the depths of your soul. You can't do it if you are doing it for self-serving, Self-living doesn't work. We have to get away from the me-centered, the I want mentality. And we have to move into a Jesus-centered focus. And it starts now. It starts here. It starts today, in this moment, in this place. So I have a challenge for you, and it is your job to make it happen. I'm expecting that every single person sitting here is going to do it. So I'm going to talk to you as if you're going to do it. Listen to me, youth pastor, teacher, Bobby preaching. Sorry, but I'm going to expect you to do it, Okay? I'm going to expect it of you. And I might just check in with you next week and say, hey, how's it going? Okay? So it's your job to make this happen. For the next week, you're going to spend the next seven days focusing on three things each day that you are thankful for. And thanking God for those things, okay? So by the end of this week, you will have 21 things that you are thankful for listed out for you. This is your gratitude challenge. Each day for the next seven days, I want you to write in your journal, in a notebook, on a note card, on a post-it note, in your Bible. We have a lovely church app that has sermon notes that you can write your own notes in. I want you to do it wherever it is convenient for you, but you are going to spend couple minutes each day writing three things you are thankful for. And then you're going to take those to God and thank him for those things. And at the end of the week, you will have 21 things. And maybe next week, you'll notice a shift in your thinking. And then you'll decide, I'm gonna do that for seven more days. And then maybe you'll take it for a third week. And you know what? It only takes three weeks to build a habit. 21 days is a habit. So maybe you will take this with you longer. And wouldn't that be amazing? So this is your challenge. To set your mind on things that you have, that you are blessed with every single day. set your mind on gratitude for one week. One week. Give me one week. And see if it doesn't start to shift your mindset and foster a healthier mental attitude as well as grow you closer to loving God and loving people now. There's beauty in every day. There's something to be found every single moment and we can't stay stuck we can't stay stuck we can't continue focusing on what we don't have it's not working we can't allow the thief to steal our joy any longer I won't take it anymore it's time to step into our purpose and that's to love God and love people and we can't do that if we're letting Someone else steal our joy and our content. So it's time to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and grow in gratitude to our God who gives us life to the full. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father. So grateful that you sent your son for us. We don't deserve it. We're a mess down here. God, that you did it. You loved us that much. And we were created in your likeness to love you and love others and be your love right here in this place. God, please forgive us. Forgive us for all the things we have not let go of that we need to. And I pray for each person here today that their heart would be open to releasing some of the negativity, some of the stuff that's been holding them back, some of those those thoughts and desires that, that I want this and I want that, and I wish it was this way because that's, God, that's not a few. So in Jesus' name, I declare it
1: released.
0: That those bindings wouldn't hold us captive anymore. That we would step into your purpose, into your calling, into your love. That we would wrap our arms around the people near us and be a neighbor in a whole new way and be thankful for all that you've blessed us with.
1: Because you bring
0: life. Not just any life, but life to the full. God, we love you. We love you. Don't let us go from here, the same people we walked in as. In this moment, change our hearts in our lives. We ask this
1: in Jesus' name.
2: Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face toward you. to you the Lord turn his face towards
1: And your family, and your children, and the children, and the children, children, and his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you. Is for 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 you. Amen.
0: 10 says, though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets up itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ it's time to take back our thoughts church it's time to make them obedient to christ because we wield that power through christ who saves us change the conversations this week live in gratitude To the one who blessed you with every blessing that counts. And love one another as he has taught you to do. Have a blessed week. And don't go from here the same person that you sat down as. Would you receive?